This is a podcast that I do. I think it's kind of cool. I hope that you do too. Do, 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 do. Hello and welcome to episode two of This is a Podcast That I Do. I'm your host, Salvatore Stefanelli. And on the line today is a super duper, very important special guest. Um, many of you know him in the industry as the genius and creator of the Scott Fish Bowl. That is correct. The one and only Scott Fish. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. This is uh, this is quite an honor to get to talk to one of the nicest guys out there, Sal. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's it's good to talk to you alone too. You usually uh, we do these shows with a bunch of other people, so it's uh, it's good to good to hang out. Yeah, we're saying uh, off air earlier how this is the first time we've done a one-on-one podcast. Like usually I would come on your podcast with Ryan and. Frank, or you would come on the podcast I used to do with uh, Greg back in the day, but we've always wanted to connect one-on-one, but we've just never had an opportunity. Now that I finally decided to start a podcast of my own, you were at the very top of my guest list. Oh, man, that's that's really nice of you to say. Um, thank you very much for having me on. All right, uh, so if I'll just warn people listening right now, if you expect this to be a fantasy football podcast, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, the reason why I wanted to bring Scott on this show is because, like I mentioned, um, he is probably one of the nicest, if not the nicest guy in fantasy football industry, maybe just in the world in, in general, the nicest human being on the planet. And I wanted to talk to him about why people are nice. It's uh, a topic I've always found interesting as to like, why do people do nice things? Um, what's the motivation to being a nice person? And I just could not think of a greater guest than Scott. Uh, so before we get into that, um, I'll just mention you can find Scott on Twitter at scottfish24. He runs uh, safeleagues.com, which is, I want to say, a commissioner service. Is that correct? It is. It is. Dynasty Redraft. Uh all kinds of quirky leagues too. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff. People can jump into some fantasy leagues there. And then you host a uh, weekly in-season fantasy radio show yeah. on iHeartRadio. Yep, yep. Uh, it's uh, Paul Charchian's uh, Fantasy Football Weekly. It's Fantasy Football Weekly uh, with Paul Charchian. I'm one of the co-hosts. Um, that is the longest-running fantasy radio show. It's uh, year 26 this year which is uh, a really long time to be doing a radio fa- fantasy football show. But uh, it's, it's very awesome. I, I really enjoy doing that with, uh, with him and the other guys. Nice. And can people hear that still on KFAN radio? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's on iHeartRadio, but it's, it's on KFAN here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But it's also syndicated on radio stations all over the country. So, it, you know, you might hear it on Friday or Saturday or Friday night or Saturday morning or Sunday morning or where. It, it could vary where you live, but, uh, yeah, it's syndicated nationally on, uh, on radio stations. And the only reason I know of KFAN is because I was once at a Grand Portage Casino in uh, Minneapolis in the parking lot, and I saw someone wearing a K-Fan t-shirt, and it immediately made me think of you and your radio show. Oh, nice. Very nice. It's crazy we haven't met for how close we, we live. You, I know. like uh, just, you, just north of the border there. You grew up in Egan? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Egan is where I live. That's where you live now. Okay. And where did yeah. you grow up? Uh, I originally grew up in Ely, Minnesota, which is uh, very, very close to the, the Canadian-Minnesota border up there. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so I grew up in Ely, and then I, I, I moved around the state a little bit. Now I've landed in Egan for the last uh, about 13 years. Nice. Well, if we do the Scott Fish Bowl live, I'm going to try and make it to the Minneapolis one next year. Oh, man, that would be awesome. You have to. You absolutely <laughs> have to. Yeah, there's uh, there's a good, good group of people in Minnesota here. Nice. Um, so one thing uh, on this show I like to do is kind of break the ice with our guests, uh, people who listened to the first episode with Halal. Uh, Chami know that he runs or manages um, holistic uh, pet stores, and we were talking about his favorite holistic pet toys. So what are some <laughs> uh, things you can tell people about what you like or what you do outside of the fantasy community? Man, I, I, I feel like I don't have uh, I don't have much time to do stuff outside of the fantasy industry. It's a, it is my full-time job now. Um, I, I'd say I like watching, uh, watching game shows with my son. He's super into game shows. Uh, I like, uh, I like working in my garage or out in my yard. And I think that's a fairly normal thing <laughs> for a dude my age. Um, yeah, that's that. I like going for walks in the, we, we live right near a regional park. So we, we like to go walk the trails and stuff like that. Um, not quite as interesting as Halal's, but <laughs> those are, those are some of the, you know, small fun things we like to do around here. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, you like watching game shows with your uh, son. Have you guys yeah. watched, uh, floor is lava? Yes. Yep. Yep. We and... definitely, we definitely have. That's uh, that was, that was a good one. Yeah. We've, Man, it's it's starting to get thin though. The, the amount of game shows we can find to watch because, because of everything that's going on, it feels like uh, we're starting to run out of uh, options. Well, that just means you have to create your own. <laughs> we do, we do, we do, we do a weekly Lego Masters, uh, and and somehow I've only won once, and, <laughs> and my my son has won every other week. But we have the we have uh, his mom judge. Uh, I remember when you were posting um, photos of his—I don't want to say artwork, but him scorekeeping like the fake leagues that he was oh, yeah. running. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah. that uh, was he doing that while there was no sports? Uh, it was—it was right at the tail end, right, right when sports were about to end, and then for just a tiny little bit after sports ended. Um, I wonder if he'll bring it back, but yeah, that's that was. That was in that March area, February, March area. He was doing those. Nice. Um, so I mentioned earlier the show is going to be like, why are people nice? Uh, why do people do nice things? And I'm just going to run down some, uh, we'll say career achievements in the life and times of Scott Fish. So Scott, you're the <laughs> uh, the Athletics 2018 Person of the Year for fantasy. Um, you won the uh, FSJ, which is the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association 2019 Humanitarian of the Year Award. So basically yeah. you won uh, two major awards just for doing nice things. Like that's got to be a pretty awesome feeling, right? Yeah, it, it was incredibly uh, awesome. Such a such a huge honor. And, it, and even though they, those got attached to my name, I, I truly feel like they were community awards. Like... Um, I, you know, I helped organize these things, but these, the community got behind them. It, it, the community really deserves the fantasy football playing community really deserves those because they're the ones that got together and supported these causes and, and doing these nice things. So, uh, even though I, you know, I, I got the awards, I, I like to, you know, give credit to, to the people that helped make those things happen. 
It's funny. It's like uh, this trick where you name the Scott Fishbowl after yourself, but the whole purpose is just like to raise money for kids to buy toys. Yeah, right. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it's it, it wasn't originally named the Scott Fishbowl, and even even when I closed down the site, I, I used to have and uh, was in the process of renaming that tournament, like Twitter decided the fishbowl. And it was just such a perfect name for it. But fishbowl.com, fishbowl.org, fishbowl.net, they were all owned. So I just did Scott Fishbowl. And it just it just completely stuck. I will say I almost always just say SFB. <laughs> like, like there's a part of me that just can't say Scott Fishbowl. It almost sounds a little too, I don't know, it's... It, it just comes out weird for me. I imagine it's going to be weird, like, if you're at one of those industry events and you walk up to someone like, hi, I'm Scott Fish, the creator of the Scott Fish Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. Just, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't love that, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good abbreviation. It's a good name. It works. Uh, SFB, it's great. We all like shorthand acronyms on Twitter. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yep. And we'll get into a bit about the Scott Fishbowl, which started out as the um, FS Oasis Invitational. You mentioned your site that it spun off out of. And mm. um, you're the founder of Fantasy Cares. Um, so while I was researching, I know in uh, 2018, um, SFB helped raise almost $45,000. In yep. 2019, um, thanks to a late uh, last minute donation on your part, it was a even sixty thousand. So mm-hmm. just in those two years, you're looking at over a hundred grand. So if you had to guess, since you started adding a charitable component to Scott Fishbowl, which was, we'll make it clear, was always clearly optional. You're not required to donate the play. Right. Yeah. What would always you say optional. is maybe like a, a ballpark figure of what's been raised over the years? Well, that's that's sixty, and that was forty-four five. So we're at one hundred and four five. And the first it was five. Yeah, I'd say it was about 120000 going into this year. And then this year we raised, the Potathon raised like 40000 John Bosch raised ten or fifteen, and the T-shirts raised ten or fifteen. So there's another sixty or 70000 raised this year. So we're looking at like a, a couple hundred thousand dollars from... Yeah, probably 180000 or something. From fantasy, from fantasy yeah, football. five, six years. Which always yeah. blows my mind. I remember reading one of like those write-ups someone did about, I think it was after the 2018 season. It's one of the cashiers, I believe, who worked at uh, the Toys for Tots where like someone had asked her where all this money came from and then I'm not sure if it was you or someone else said it was from fantasy football and then she was like, well, I guess... Um, can't yell at my husband for playing fantasy football anymore. <laughs> I do. I remember that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how it went down, but I do remember the the, the story like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we got some backstory out of the way, it's time to hit up the uh, what I like to call the main event portion of the podcast. So we'll just get we'll get, just get right into this. Why are you so nice? What <laughs> motivates you to want to do good in the world and be a good person? I think we all want that, right? Like, it's it's very kind of you to say, but um, I think I think we all just want to be nice. We want to be a good person. We like, I think we walk around wanting to be the best version of ourselves, and we want to be a person that other people see as a good person. Um, I I think when you do nice things, the more and more you do nice things, the more and more you do good out there. 
Like if you make a concerted effort to try and do good out there, uh, the more times you do it, all of a sudden you're not even making a concerted effort anymore. You've just become that person that, that does good things. You don't even have to think about it. It's just, it just becomes part of who you are. Um, I don't know why. I just, uh, I, I feel like everybody has it in them. And if you try to push it forward for long enough, push that niceness forward long enough, that just becomes who you are, I guess. Now, do you find that it just comes naturally to you? Do you have to put any effort into it? Is there like any moment where you find yourself like just angry or pissed off and just like sure. really, really hard to do something or nice or be nice? Yeah, I, th I think we all have that. No matter how nice you, you really are, I'm sure there's moments where everybody gets really, really upset and some people are better at taking a beat and, uh, and pausing and, and, you know, letting it wash over them and, and go away. And some people react and some people react and immediately feel bad. I think I feel like I've, uh, I've been in all of those situations. Uh, <laughs> for, for the most part, I, I think I've, I do pretty well at just, at just letting things go. Um, but sometimes I, you know, I can't hold it, <laughs> but most of the time there's not, a, I don't have a whole ton of, uh, bad drama type things in my life so it's it's probably easier than me than for some people easier for me than some people to to stay in a positive mood so you mentioned like you just wanted to get to that point where you're just a naturally good person like you don't want to think about it you just want to live your life as someone who does nice things for nice people mm -hmm. so one thing i was wondering like do you think um people are nice just to be nice like is being a nice person its own reward yeah, I would say so. I would think so. Like, like it feels good to do good things. Mm -hmm. it, it, like, even if even if you do something that nobody ever finds out about, you feel good about yourself the the entire rest of the day. Uh, for for example, and, and this is me telling this story. <laughs> so this contradicts what I just said. But uh, yesterday, um, my my neighbor, their their bike wheel has been busted. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the kid that's probably, the probably four or five year old kid hasn't been able to go out and ride his bike. Uh, Cause the inner tube on the inside of the uh, inside of the wheel has been busted. I'm cleaning out my garage uh, yesterday. Uh, Cause we just built a shed. I'm moving stuff to the garage and I found an inner tube that was for my kid's bike at that same. And so I'm like, I saw, I saw the kids walking in and I, I said, I can, I could probably fix your bike. I have a spare inner tube. And so I, I sat down with them for about 30, 45 minutes, maybe not that long, maybe 30 minutes, and fixed the back tire of, uh, of that kid's bike. So now he can go bike around. And it, it, it was a half an hour of my day, no, no big deal. But like, I, felt, I, felt, I still feel good about myself today uh, for, for that. And that's, you know, if this conversation never happened, I would have told no one and I would still feel good about it. Right. So uh, it's the kind of thing when you do something nice for someone else, you just naturally feel good about it for a while. I mean, well, the whole point of this podcast was for you to share this story. We're just going to end the show now. <laughs> yeah. I, I texted you, Sam. <laughs> I did something nice today. Could we do a podcast so I can talk about it? No, but I think, like, I bet we, well, I know John Krasinski was there. Was it some good news where he was just highlighting good things in the world? Like, I bet a podcast like that would be a welcome uh, addition to the world, just hearing good stories every day. It would, it would. And when you hear 
and I don't know how many people are like this, but when you hear a story of someone doing something good, that's especially if it's something relatively easy to do, something you could probably interject in your own daily life, it makes you think, hey, I could do that. I could go do that nice thing for someone today. I could, I could, there could be a person behind me in line at, at a, you know, a restaurant or a food place or a, like a coffee place and I could pay for theirs. You know, like I'm sure, I'm sure most of us have done that at some point, but if you hear that story on a podcast, all of a sudden the next day you're maybe in line at a coffee place and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this today. And I feel like having those stories out there and people talking about them might, might just perpetuate people being more willing to, you know, it's, it's top of their mind. So maybe they, they're more willing to do one of those nice things because they heard someone else do it. Right. I mean, I mean, that's what you hope. One of my favorite podcasts that just ended last month was um, Kind World, where all they did was share stories of people doing kind things over the world. And I legit looked forward to listening to that one specific new episode every week just to hear the good things people were doing. And there'd be like some episodes where I would be like, going for a walk in the middle of the street and just start bawling because of the, the kind things these people were doing. I just was like, this is the type of energy we need right now. I'm writing these down so I can I can go listen to all these podcasts. There you go. <laughs> I've heard of the John Krasinski one I hadn't listened, but Kind World. I'm going to write that down now. I, I agree. They're, these need to be out there more. So just we'll use your um, story about um, the bike right for one second because you just mentioned it. Um, you did that. You want to do something nice for these kids. You weren't, I'm assuming you weren't expecting um, something in return for that good deal. No. But <laughs> do you ever do something nice expecting something in return? No, no, not that I can think of. I can't think of anything that I, like, I don't even, that's, that's, this is a completely different topic. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll skip that. But I was going to say, I can't think of anything, anytime especially recently, but just really anytime I've done something nice that I expected something in return. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that gets to be part of it, but maybe you have something that, that tells me differently. <laughs> well, I was reading, um, I was doing a lot of research for the podcast before we recorded and I found this study that was conducted by the psychologists at the mm. university of Sussex. Um, they analyzed the brains of over a thousand people who would make kind decisions. And they found that, even when there's nothing in it for you, being nice really does make you feel good. And um, what I found interesting when reading that study was in regards to motivation rewards, which will tie into the question I asked. And it's like how you don't want to alter one's motivation to do good from altruistic to transactional. And they actually use this example of helping someone uh, move. So like say your friend asks you to move, you spend all day helping them move, like of course, that's uh, that's more than a good, that's a good deal. Like I've helped many people move over the years. Yeah. Like that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of work. And yeah. I mean, you're doing it because they're your friend. You want to do something nice. Uh, but they use this example that um, after they finished the move, that the friend just gave them like a, a token five dollar bill as a way of saying thanks. And yeah. they said that that could make you feel undervalued and less likely to help in the future, which they can um, call the transactional reward. Where else, if you were just thanked for your help, that would make you feel more appreciated and want to do nice things again in the future for your altruistic act. Um, and I right. thought that was kind of fascinating. You know, like, and I wanted to ask you, how would you react in that situation? You spent all day helping your friend move, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, they give you this five dollar bill and say thanks. Like, would you feel undervalued, dejected? Like, 
oh, thanks for the five bucks, man. Like, uh, how could you? Or <laughs> would it not matter? Would it not matter to you because you were trying to help and didn't expect anything? Like, oh wow, you didn't have to pay me this five bucks, but it's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm the type that, that like it wouldn't bother me. Oh. And like I can I understand that study. I can see how people would be like, you know, you're doing something nice. You're doing something as you mentioned altruistically, and here the person you've helped throws a value on it. <laughs> this right. is how much it was. A, I can see that. That would never be my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a buddy give me five dollars, it might depend on the situation. But I might just go buy him a housewarming gift for five dollars <laughs> and give it right back to him. Or I'd be like, "No, dude, really, I don't need this." You know, or I'd be like, "Just buy me a beer sometime." Yeah. Or you have to help me move next time. <laughs> 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 just something as a joke, because. Or, or if they're offering me five dollars, it might it might be a statement of they just moved. They don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of money because they just poured all this into the move. Um, like I wouldn't I wouldn't think twice about it. It wouldn't affect how I felt about helping out at all. Uh, I can tell you, I, there, there's almost no chance I would take the five dollars. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting because I would never really look it's at that situation in my head compared to like, oh well, I was helping to help, and now all of a sudden you're paying me. But now in my mind, I'm thinking like that all that work isn't worth that amount of money is that gonna like make me not want to help someone else in the future is it gonna have like a negative reaction but i would just have i would never have thought about it that way if i never read that study i think so too i think that's i i agree with you i i don't think that would have that would have not entered my brain in that way see, but like, i can when i hear it i can see how that maybe for some people it would see, but not even though we've never met in real life, this is why we're friends. We're on the same page. <laughs> uh, so I, like I said, I mentioned I did a lot of research for this episode. Um, so one of my research items was I actually listened to another podcast you were on, which okay. is um, hosted by Mitch Carl. You can find him on Twitter at DFSN Donuts. Um, and his podcast, it was The Rise or Fall Defining Moment. And on this episode, you mentioned that the charitable component of the Scott Fishbowl, um, which then led to Fantasy Cares, was inspired by a Dynasty League football writer who was organizing toy drives for Toys for Tots in Las Vegas. Um, mm -hmm. On the podcast, you didn't mention his name, but I immediately remembered Jeff Miller. That is, that is bad of me <laughs> if I didn't mention his name. That's... But I usually do. I will say I've I've gone on other podcasts and I've definitely mentioned his name before. That was uh, that was an oversight on my part. I apologize to Jeff Miller for that if if I missed it on that podcast. I mean, well, the only re reason why I remember is one because you have mentioned his name many times before when talking about it, and I actually remember um, Jeff tweeting about his original toys for Tots drives in Vegas and showing the pictures that he would take about all the toys that. Uh, they were able to buy from the money they raised, which I think the first year was like six hundred, five or six hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah, something like that, eight hundred. So it was in that range, yeah. And um, so, what I wanted to ask you was, what was it about what Jeff was doing that made you want to reach out and help him? Um, how did that spur you to eventually want to do more with your platform in the fantasy community to help raise even more money for Toys for Tots via the Scott Fishbowl? Yeah. So the the first thing is. I always just want to try to do good with the things I can do. And it, I, I feel like when, if you have a platform, you should, you should try to use it to do good. Uh, but mostly 
it, it just felt like an easy move for me because my wife and I have eight to 10 charities we routinely give to. And Toys for Tots is one of them because we love being able to just buy toys and put them in the bins. And we know that exact toy that we bought goes exactly to a kid. It's it's a one for one. It's not like we're, we're giving to some place where 20% is going to the, you know, to the, to the kid and 80% is going to administration. And, and it, it's actually become a little thing with us that when we donate places, we'll get like mails, we'll get mailings and stuff. And we're like, don't, don't mail us. Use that money to, to like, we're donating anyway. You don't need to spend money on postage and, and letters and stuff. And just, just, just give it to, give it to whatever we're going to. But, uh, with, with Jeff's, um, it was first off a charity that that you know was close to my heart. Uh, my youngest was very little at the time, and whenever he would get new toys, like his everything about him lit up. And this is my first kid, and and so seeing him light up like uncontrollably happy over getting a new toy um, made me think about the kids that don't normally get new toys, and it like made my my love of that charity even stronger. And uh, I think I already just mentioned, you know, I, I was in a position to to really try to organize something and help out with that toy drive he was doing. And uh, it, it, it just became a really good fit. Nice. Um, you also mentioned on the, the Rise and Fall podcast that there's a board. So is it like just a board of nice people? Like who's on this board? Oh yeah, yeah. So we we no, it's it's uh, for fantasy cares. It's just like me and John Bosch and Sal Lido and um, Ryan McDowell and uh, my friend uh, Matt Harrison. Um, we all kind of, you know, yeah. It's it's basically us. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess my wife too, <laughs> technically. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the board for the fantasy cares. That's the the fantasy cares. Uh... Board of Trustees, I guess you can call it. Um, so we mentioned Fantasy Cares. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was, like, how does it feel to see how Fantasy Cares has evolved over the years? So you just mentioned some names that are on this board. Um, we kind of uh, – you mentioned Sal, who's uh, become the better Sal in the fantasy community now. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you knew so, him better. You're the better I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, it's begun like this running joke whenever we're on like um, or if he's hosting a podcast I'm in the chat rooms um, so like we mentioned the board you said some names um, like some notable examples uh, like the SFB Podathon which is not only hosted just by Sal but also Kevin Cotillo uh, Stephen Marcuse um, we, you mentioned earlier they helped raise over $42,000 this year through the Podathon which was split between Toys for Tots and the uh, Equal Justice uh, initiative. initiative. And yep. then you mentioned John Bosch's name. He hosts the Fantasy Cares Eliminator Leagues, which helped raise almost 16000 for Toys for Tots and then another 1700 for Go Pantry. So, like, you see all these good things that are happening that are like an extension of Scott Fishbowl, extension of Fantasy Cares. Like, just how does that make you feel to see all this good that's happened from this one first good kind thing that you did? It's, it's a little unreal. It's a little, it's, it's not unreal. It's surreal to see all this, all this incredible goodness that has, uh, that has just happened from it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's the, the fact that I, I think 
almost the bigger thing than than even those is that so many different people have created these smaller little charity tournaments or these smaller charity drives or brought it to their like I have been pushing the take an entry fee and give it to charity um, bring it to your league have your league donate a little bit of the pot to charity thing for it feels like a decade now and we're pretty close to it anyway we've gotten to the point where it feels like everybody's doing it Maybe not ever, not everybody, obviously, but it feels like a giant part of the fantasy community, at least in the Twitter fantasy bubble, is really taking that to heart and doing it. And and I think that's even more than what we raise. I think that is the the bigger lasting effect is that it's gone outside of what we do, and it's now taken on a life of its own in in people's own personal leagues and people are taking it upon themselves to create things to to raise money for different causes and it would be nice one day if if what i've you know consistently said out there that there's hundreds of thousands of fantasy leagues if we all gave just a little we could do a ton of good it would be amazing if we got to that level and and i think we're on our way there right it, it'll take a while, but I think we're on our way to that direction. Yeah, it feels like almost every day on Twitter I see someone either creating a charity league like the Warrior Bowl, uh, people hosting uh, potathons of their own for charity. There's the, the Mental Health Potathon. I think it was Anthony Servino and um, the Hateful Eight. Um, mm-hmm. They did that. And then the um, mental health, the, yeah. and then just people like, hey, I'm trying to raise money for so and so, or like uh, the people that make the ABIs for SFBs, like, no, donate a few bucks to this charity, we'll make you some cool graphics, and people are supporting. Like, you'll see someone asking for retweets to donate to this charity, and it's just nice to see all these like good tweets on the timeline trying to promote whether it's to donate money or help donate time, and I feel like the more we can do like that, the better off we'll all be as a society, of course, but just like your goal of everyone trying to donate a portion of their fantasy league, in theory, it sounds like it could be too much work, but really it's what, taking one person's entry fee and giving it to a charity, it doesn't seem like it's that much work to do. Yeah, it's it's really not. I, I think... Once you're over the mental hurdle of it, it's it shouldn't even be that much of a mental hurdle. Uh, you never miss it. Never. It's it's such a small amount that you never miss it, and then you get to say that your your league is doing good out there in some way. I, it's 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 almost weird to me. It's at this point, it's almost weird to me when leagues don't have a charitable <laughs> element because <laughs> it's, it's so easy to do and it it takes so little. I mean, that would be kind of cool if you would see one of those big DFS platforms like FanDuel or DraftKings one day decide, well, part of uh, this contest rake that we're taking from you is not going to be donated to charity. Yeah, yeah, that would, and and there are sites that do this. I mean, uh, you know, the the they're like the UDK for fantasy footballers draft kit, and and then uh, the player profiler one, I believe, as well. Uh, Roto Wonder World, the, they they all give to charity as well as part of the profits. Uh, Joe Pispea's 
uh, fantasy black book, uh, part of the profits of that go to, go to charities. Like I, th- I think more and more places are starting to get on board, but yeah, we're, we're not to the point of the really, really, really big sites <laughs> jumping into that pool. We can keep just dreaming and hoping. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll move on to the next question here. This might get a little heavy, but I know you've talked about it a bit in the past, so I think you're used to it. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to tell a story, and then we'll try and get your point of view on it. Um, so the question that I have for you is, did you ever have a sort of epiphany in wanting to do nice things or to become a better person? I'm going to use this example from my life because there was this one moment that kind of made me reevaluate everything in terms of wanting to do nice things and just being a better person. Because, I mean, I've heard you say, you know, we all kind of think of ourselves as being good people, kind people, growing up as good kids. And uh, mm-hmm. we remember our childhoods as we're probably like just, just doing good things for people. But for me, there was this moment in high school, which will always stick with me because it was someone I grew up with. We were friends. And one day she just came up to me and she's like, why are you such an asshole? And like, she just like pointedly directed that at me with like mm. such a harsh tone in her voice. And it made me just like stop and think. It's like, why am I being such an asshole to you? Like, why am I, I can't remember what it was that I said or what I was doing at the time, but I know that I had this period in high school where I was probably just trying to impress like the cool people. So I you know when you're being cool, you're kind of being rude or it's like saying not so nice things to other people. But it did make me kind of like stop in my tracks and think to myself like, okay, yeah, I'm being an asshole. Why am I being an asshole? Do I want to go down this path where I am an asshole in life? Or do I just actually want to go back to just trying to be a good person, doing good things for other people, or at least like just try to be a more kinder, better me. So I want to, put that to you uh, again and be like was there ever like this one point in your life where you're like okay i'm gonna just try and be better now i'm gonna try and do nicer kinder things and i know and again we go back to that rise or fall podcast but it was a great podcast uh, there was great questions uh, you did a good job answering them because you mentioned at around age 35 you had a heart attack Mm-hmm. That made yep. you realize some things like wanting to be, you said wanting to be like the best possible you that you can be, wanting to be a role model for your kids. So could you elaborate that uh, a bit more? But um, before you do so, at the same time, I imagine like you were a nice person before your mid 30s. It wasn't just all of a sudden 35. I was like, okay, I'm going to be nice now. So was there any moment in your life you can think back to that made you want to commit to being a nice person? I. I wish I could say there was, but I, I don't, I can't think of anything like yours from younger years. I feel like I was just always one of the nice kids. I was just always, always one of the nice kids in school. I was probably on the shyer side, but that's it, just, uh, it's just where I, where I was. I, I was just, uh, just one of the, you know, goody kids, like a goody two-shoes kids. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, you know, we, I, to go to the heart attack part, um, I don't know how much it changed me, but I think it it shot a little bit of fear, a fear of, you know, any day could be my last into me. I think it shot a little bit of fear of I just have this really small little kid at this point and like wanting to be the best, you mentioned it, the best role model for him. And I, not only that, just 
wanting to be around for him mm-hmm. <laughs> and wanting to be a good person his whole life. Um, I, I also, I think around the same time, just there's a lot of things that converged at that same time is just realizing how, how much I loved my parents and still do. <laughs> it's not past tense, but, uh, and just, you know, just knowing how awesome my dad was of a dad and that everybody, everybody thinks my dad is like the nicest guy ever. And they're not wrong. Uh, but everybody looks at him with this. He's the nicest guy ever. And there's, everybody has so much respect for my dad. And I, I think with my son being about, you know, two years old at the time of my heart attack, um, I think it, I think it really belted in me that, you know, I, I want my son to, to feel that way about me when, when he's 35 right. years old or whatever. <laughs> right. So my dad, man, and not only does everyone like and respect my dad, like everybody knows my dad somehow. We would go on vacations to completely different states and he would run into people he knew. Like he's, he's one of those guys that when you have a conversation with you, like with him, it's, it's com- like he's completely invested in the conversation and he'll remember your everything you said the next time you meet and man, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I want to be (laughs) like, I want to be that guy and I want my son to see me as that guy. So I think, you know, there, there are a lot of things that converged right at that same time of that heart attack paired with, you know, having my first little kid, you know? So I think there are a few things that kind of can kind of met up right at that same time. So I think I got to have Mr. Fish on my next podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's what's your dad's first name tom tom so yep. we're gonna get tom yep. fish on the next episode and he can just regale me of all his stories oh, he's got so many stories <laughs> <laughs> um i was gonna ask um this question but i feel like we've just talked a lot about it basically like the principle of paying it forward you know doing one good thing good deed and hoping that it the kindness is repaid to others instead of the original benefactor. At least that's the definition I stole from Wikipedia. In my mind, I just always go back to that Haley Joel Osment paid for movie where you do, sure. we do one good thing for three people and you hope the chain reaction, then those three people do another good thing for three more people. It just goes on and on and on. I feel like there's the Jeff Miller drive for Toys for Tots that leads to Scott Fishbowl and Fantasy Cares. And then this is like leading to the SMB Potathon. Uh, the Fantasy Cares Eliminator Leagues, the other charity leagues we mentioned, and it goes on and on and on. Um, and I was going to turn that into a question, but I'm just going to turn it into – I'm not sure if you remember that Chris Farley sketch on SNL, which was the Chris Farley show, where he was just so nervous to ask people yeah. questions, yeah. and he'd just be like, remember that? That was awesome, right? Time. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than me asking you the question of uh, about paying it forward, I'm just like, do you just remember when you did that good thing and then that happened to other good things? That's just awesome, right, Scott? It is awesome. <laughs> oh, man, I love those skits. Chris Farley is great. I think his, um, the Paul McCartney one was probably my yeah. favorite one. He was just yeah. so nervous. And I imagine he was probably nervous in real life. Like you're interviewing Paul McCartney for a skit. That's got to be such yeah. a great thing to be doing. Yeah, that's the one I quoted as you were talking about the other day. I was like, do you remember that time yeah. you were a Beatle? <laughs> like you could ever forget. <laughs> if I ever, like, if Patrick Swayze was still alive and if I had the chance to interview him, I'd just be like, remember when you were at Roadhouse and you are awesome in that? And that would just be the end of the interview. 
Oh, man, that would have been a great interview. Or, like, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to interview Alex Smith for this podcast. I have absolutely no contacts on how to make that happen. But that would literally be 90 minutes of that podcast. <laughs> well, I wonder if after the season we can we could, uh, we could talk to Stefania and see if she, she, can, uh, oh, she that, can help hook that so up. That, that would be amazing. Oh, man. Um, so, no, we're talking. We've we've talked, talked, by oh. the way, everyone in the world is rooting for Alex Smith. Oh, yeah. Now, right? Like, how could you not? Yeah, like, how, how could, could you not? not? Like, I, I, I would almost feel bad for Dwayne Haskins. Why? Well, I, I, I do mean, feel bad for him. No, but yeah, like, you got your whole future ahead of you. Yeah. Let Alex Smith. Just this one time. Just this, just this one time. Let him do it. I mean, you can learn yeah. so much from him. But <laughs> what a. What a story that would be if he somehow does start week one, or even just any game in the any season game. for that matter. Yeah. Like, I think I oh. tweeted something to the effect of if, if he completes a single pass, he should win <laughs> comeback come player of the year. Not just comeback MVP of the league. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so we've been talking a lot about, no, why people are nice, why do people do nice things. So my next question for you is, what was the nicest thing anyone has ever done to you? Or if you can't remember that, which can be difficult putting you on the spot, what's one memorable kind act you recall, whether it was something nice someone did for you or someone else, and what kind of an impact did that have on you? Oh, man. This this is actually the toughest question on here because it's, it's not that nice things haven't been done for me. <laughs> it's that there's too many, like, little nice things and, like, that people have routinely done from – from people who got sent me gifts because of you know SFB or whatever they they sent me a you know a nice bottle of whiskey or or um, you know some some Omaha steaks or it, it you know from people watching our kids so we can go on a date the wife and I can go on a date or like my dad just last week built a shed in my backyard for me like because <laughs> he is ridiculous <laughs> and he he he, he got. You got to you got a ton of stuff in your garage. Do you go? Do you want me to build a de- build a shed in your backyard? Then he just goes out and builds it in two days. <laughs> like, like uh, no, there's there's so many little nice things people have done for me that I, I don't. I uh, it's it's tough for me to sit back and uh, mention all of them. But you know, people are people. I I like to think that. People are just, you know, inherently nice. And when they, they're around someone else who isn't a total jerk, <laughs> they're willing to do nice things for that person too. All right. So we've we mentioned a lot about, you know, the benefits, uh, positive aspects of being a nice person. So what if we flip that? And oh, like, you know, oh, I, do have, okay. I do have a story actually. All right. Go, I, go for I, it. I, this is one of the nicest things that anyone has done for me in the industry um, and that's saying something because <laughs> there have been a lot of really, really nice things people have, have said or done over the years. But um, so when the Super Bowl was in Minnesota, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I was just working my normal, you know, I, I was full time in the industry by that point. But uh, I, I mentioned on Twitter that I was going to go uh, to go to see Media Raw. I was going to go see what's going on, you know, check it out. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I'm not part of media. I was just going to go check it out. And Jamie Eisenberg shoots me a DM and he's like, I think I can get you in. And, uh, and push comes and shove not that day, but the next day, Jamie got me in. He, CBS got me a pass to come behind the scenes. And, and like, I saw 
Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and and uh, or maybe not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he was there. That's right, because he had the Jenner. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and like um, um, Robert Griffin III and and Travis Kelsey and Le'Veon Bell and Alvin Kamara and like all these all these guys are like walk just walking around normally and it was it was really crazy amazing to uh, to and Kirk Cousins was there too. Um, but like out of nowhere, he, he got me this, he got me a pass to go into media role and hang out, hang out with all these. And I was almost as geeked to see all the journalists like that I had read and respected and seen on TV, the, 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 just a ridiculous amount of journalists and, and Jamie going out of his way to do that was just incredibly nice. And, and I have a couple, a couple, I, you know, I won't keep it, keep it too long, but, uh, when I got my pass, um, Lee Steinberg, you know, Jerry Maguire, <laughs> yeah. Lee Steinberg was right in front of me getting his pass and right behind me was Matt Stover, former <laughs> kicker, Matt Stover. It was a little, little surreal there, but I have stories about that Matthew, of Matthew Berry going completely out of his way for me as well. Right? And, uh, I, I won't, you know, I won't drone on about that, about the stories on here, but Matthew Berry is the type of guy that he's incredibly nice and will go way out of his way for, for a person. And, and I, I wish more people knew that these stories happen behind the scenes, that, that these guys are really legitimately nice people that, that do some really nice things and, and it doesn't get seen out there, you know, <laughs> but they, they both definitely have. It's a, a lot of niceness in the DMs. You, you like to hear those kinds of stories rather than the other ones about people sliding into people's DMs for unsavory reasons. Yeah, yeah, tell me about but, it. But um, like Jamie, for example, he didn't have to do that. I mean, that's no, something he right. wanted to yeah, do. He wanted to do something good for you. Jamie and Matthew. Yeah. The, the things that they've done for me, they had zero reason to do for me, to, to help me out with anything, and they did. They And, and, the, and it's not like I approached them mm-hmm. and asked them. Nope, they just shot me messages out of the blue and wanted to help me, which yeah. is incredible. And they're not expecting anything in return, which goes right. back to that, no, transactional versus altruistic study we talked about earlier. It's like they just they just legitimately wanted to do a nice thing for a nice person. <laughs> and then, I mean, it's not like you're going to pay that forward by getting someone else on Media Row, but maybe later on it's like, well, this really awesome thing happened to me today. I'm going to try and go out of my way to do something even more awesome for somebody else. And you kind of just like pay it forward a bit. Right. Um, okay. So what, uh, the, uh, the question I was asking before you, uh, remember that awesome, (laughs) remember that awesome story. Um, so like, so we've been just talking about just being nice, doing nice things. So I wanted to flip it a bit and I wanted to talk about, um, uh, is being too nice a bad thing? Like, do you think there are any disadvantages of being nice? Like, for example, could people look at someone who's considered a nice person and take advantage of their niceness? Could you be considered a pushover for being too nice? The story of my life, man. <laughs> the story of my life. I, I am terrible at saying no to things. I always want to try to help people. And it, it ends up loading up my plate with so many things that I, you know, it, it takes away from the things that I want. Like I want to help people out, but I also want to spend time with my family and I also have work to do. And like, it's, it's, yeah, the, I say yes. I have said yes to far too many things in the past that has just overwhelmed me to a point that I really need, 
I really need to learn to say no more. And I, I feel like I've gotten better at it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a thing. People, people see, see niceness as a little bit of a pushover sometimes. And, and they're willing to take advantage of that to get you to, to help them. Cause you know, nice people are a little more likely to help people out <laughs> with things. Right. Um, I love doing it. There's no question. I love helping people out, but you know, it, it does add up. <laughs> I know it's like it's legit hard to to say no, no, no matter it what really the question is. or the favor is. You but want to be the type of person that don't have that problem. Yeah, no. like, I see that and I'm like, man, how do you do that? I'm trying to <laughs> say no more often in my life, but even though I'm like legitimately trying to say no, I still like find it hard to say the word no. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I definitely get that. Um, so what you mentioned earlier, like you live in Egan, Minnesota, uh, right. you grew up, is it, I, I don't, I'm probably going to butcher, but was in, it I grew Eli? Up in Ely, which e- was Ely. a small okay. town of like 2,000 right. people. 2,000 people, Ely, Egan. Yeah, two, two to 4,000, depending on, I, I don't know what it is. Right whatever now, the. I'm sure it's changed <laughs> over the last 30 years. And so, years. It, and when I was looking up Egan, um, it's about 66,000 people from, uh, my, the research I found, yeah. um, like I grew up in a small town called Thunder Bay, Ontario, which is, uh, about a hundred thousand people and we're legit like a six hour drive away from each other. Uh, so there's always that, uh, thing that Canadians are generally known for being polite, but so too are people from Minnesota. So is there mm-hmm. something with our upbringings that had a sort of like kindness influence on us, do you think? I I wouldn't doubt it at all. I and and for just just to throw this out there, Ely's like three hours mm-hmm. from Thunder Bay and we routinely went up that way, uh looking for amethysts and stuff. The amethyst you know, rock mine, got, yeah. Yeah, you got the amethyst mines up there. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think it's wrong. I think niceness is a very Minnesota thing and it's a very Canadian thing, especially uh, at least my experiences in the Ontario area. I, I feel like it's probably a thing. It probably is a thing. I think there's nice people everywhere, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely a thing in Minnesota and, and Ontario. It, it does seem. Like, I bet there was probably a time when you came up to Thunder Bay looking for amethyst rocks and we were both in like the same place, same mind looking <laughs> for rocks at the same time and we just didn't know each other. And now we're like, we've never hung up, but you know what? We probably did at some point. That that would be absolutely <laughs> awesome. I I wonder if there's a, a bunch of pictures of us <laughs> like do, <laughs> doing that back then and all of a sudden we i randomly find a picture of you and i in the same area it's that'd like, be great it's a picture of us as like future scott fishbowl drafters <laughs> oh that'd be, that would that would be wonderful i i'm i might actually ask my parents to see if they have any pictures of, of doing that but i i don't know at this point i mean We'll just find a random. Video. We'll find a random picture and we'll just pretend we're both in. Yes, that's it. We'll just, <laughs> I'll Photoshop you in it. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm going to start winding down the the podcast. I know you're busy. You got a lot of things to do. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about is I read in this article is on um, getneuro.com about what makes someone a nice person, and they said truly nice people are also nice to themselves. So. If not in the long run, 
uh, they won't be able to be nice to other people. So that kind of made me think like it's something that at times I struggle with. Like if I make a mistake or something bad is happening in my life, I'll at times like blame myself or get upset at my actions or lack of action. Maybe I didn't do something I could have done. Uh, what about you? Are you always nice to yourself? Do you have any advice on how to be nicer to yourself? Do you practice self-care? If so, do you have any self-care tips you want to share? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a lot more like you on that. Like if something's not going right, I my first instinct, even if it's not my fault, is usually to blame myself. <laughs> it's it's almost irrational at times where where something is definitely not my fault but i'll blame myself thinking i could have done something differently to mm -hmm. make to make whatever you know better uh, i always i always am the guy that i i just put it on myself um yeah man and i, I do i do think that's an interesting point of view from that article i i, d I don't feel like it's I guess I treat myself okay. <laughs> like I, I, I definitely am hard on myself for certain things, but uh, yeah, I could go either way on this one, honestly. But uh, it's, it it does make sense logistically. Like the genesis of is like if you aren't nice to yourself, it's going to make it harder to be nicer to other people. Right. But at the same time, we can't always be perfect to ourselves. Like I think I think it's a lot closer to for me that if if things are good in your life and you're if you're in a positive space mm -hmm. then it's definitely easier to be nice to someone like if if things are going poorly and you're like if there's something bothering you in your life it's it's tough to be right. it's tough to get out there and do nice things for others when you're you're dealing with your own stuff um i get that a hundred percent if i'm having a really rough day it's really tough for me to 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 it's a lot tougher for me to get go out and do something nice for for someone else. Although I will admit, there have been times I've had rough days, and I very purposely do that just to get me in a better mood. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was thinking to myself just as I was asking this question. Like, what if you're like in such a bad place or just in a bad mood where doing something good for someone else is going to improve your mood? Exactly. Yeah, I that's that's where I was going with the end of that last statement. Is <laughs> I've lived, I know I've absolutely done that before where i've i've had a bad day and i i'm like okay i i'm just gonna do something really nice because i know it makes me feel better yeah exactly <laughs> i mean i've during the pandemic i tried really hard to improve my quality of life because i knew i'd be spending a lot of time indoors a lot of time you know i have my family here i'll be doing a lot of things on my own. So I've tried to, I exercise every day. I downloaded this app. It's, it's almost kind of like a gratitude journal. Basically, I just write down three good things that have happened to me or three good things that just happened to, during the course of my day to kind of put me in a better mm -hmm. mood. And then I also meditate every day. I use this app, it's called Balance. And they have this plan, which is called the Gratitude Plan. And they have this skill, which is called Loving Kindness. And during the meditation, they basically just ask you to think of three good things that you've either done or just three good things in your life. Or they try and make you think of a situation you've been in where um, it's like someone did something wrong to you and then you want to give them gratitude. You want to like kind of like try to think of it from their point of view. Like, well, maybe they were in a bad place and you want to wish these good things upon them. So if people are trying to find ways to better themselves, I would definitely recommend downloading both of those. There's the Balance app, and it's literally called Three Good Things on the app. 
I just wrote those down as you were ta- talking about them because who, who can't use uh, a couple extra things in their life to, to help improve their their you know mental attitude during the day and and bring more positivity to, to you know their their psyche or whatever. I like it. So like I know tonight when I write in my three good things journal, I'm gonna put got the podcast with Scott. Like that was That's, one of my yeah. maybe it'll be all three of my good things. <laughs> Going right in. <laughs> um, so those are all the questions I have for you before we officially wrap this up. Was there anything you wanted to hit on about the topic of being nice that we didn't get to? I don't think so. I think we talked about a lot of stuff and hopefully it's the kind of uh, podcast that like we were mentioning earlier, where someone listens to it and they think to themselves, you know what, maybe I'm going to go out and do something nice today, or maybe I'm going to bring a charitable element to, it doesn't even have to be a fantasy league. (laughs) It can be whatever you're doing. You can bring charitable elements to just about anything you're doing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, hopefully this, uh, this podcast serves as, as an inspiration to people. Um, Maybe it's as simple as downloading one of those apps or one of those other podcasts that we've mentioned, you know, and uh, it gets people in a better mood. I'll try to write as much as I can in my show notes, but I'm on a free Podbean account that limits the amount of stuff that I can put in the character description. But I'll hit it up on Twitter. Um, So, well, thanks, Scott, for being on this show. You can find him on Twitter at ScottFish24. You can find me on Twitter at SalPal2. Um, Scott, uh, do you want to mention, I'll put you on the spot here, any of your favorite charities outside of Toys for Tots they like to donate to that maybe some people might want to uh, give a look at later on? Yeah, sure. We, we, we do uh, Feed America. We do uh, Toys for Tots. We do, I do National Heart Association, uh, American Heart Association, excuse me. Um, what else does... We do the Nature Conservancy. Uh, we give to not only our local zoo, but we give to a couple zoos. Uh, our local Minnesota Zoo, and we give to the San Diego Zoo we gave this year. Um, there, there's so there's so many really good ones, but I've I've mentioned before that it, you should really go out and research what you're passionate about. Um, try to find try to find a charity that you're passionate about because. I feel that, and the reason I tried to push that a lot this year, I feel that if you find a charity you're passionate about, not just one someone you know tells you they're passionate about on a podcast like I just did, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you find one that you are truly passionate about, you're much more likely to get more invested in it and donate more often, or you know bring that charity to whatever you're doing. Um, uh, there, there's. There's also uh, a, a charity that I've I've helped pack boxes for called uh, Matter. I believe it's either Matter Box or Matter Pro. I, I just remember the Matter. I should look up what what, a, what it is on online, but uh, I, I really enjoy doing that. That that gives uh, gives boxes to children who need food. Um, there's yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really good things out there, but mostly just just go find what you're passionate about. Awesome. All right, so I'm going to sign off this show with a quote from what at the time was one of my favorite shows, which has always just stuck with me. It's from My Name is Earl, and um, Mm. Earl would just always say, do good things, good things happen. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good day. This is a podcast I just did. I think it went great. I hope you thought so, too. Do-do-do-do.